celebrating in 2018. Uh, we have 83 people in average worship attendance, which is a 14% increase over 2017. Now, 14% might not seem like a lot, but for anyone that isn't here necessarily every week or hasn't kind of felt the vibe, comparing now to a year ago, just there's a different energy in the room. It feels full. Sundays a year ago, you'd look around and be like, where is everybody? And everybody was there, but you were still wondering, where is everybody? Like today. That's that's a good good way of saying it. Whereas now, most of the time, it'll be a random, not special event Sunday, just run-of-the-mill. I'm hearing, oh, I'm hearing a phone over there. Um, run-of-the-mill Sunday, nothing special about it, except it's Sunday and God's great. And it's I know I'm sticking on this for a long time, but what I've seen has really meant a lot to me, and I think it's fantastic, the progress we've made. Um, we've had several instances of pop-up worship, which have helped us reach new people. Uh, I've missed a lot of those because I've been out of town a lot this year. But some examples are Good Friday, Easter at Knolls, Earth Day, Memorial Day, Summer Send-Off. Uh, just recently we had the Fall Worship Among the Leaves, which turned out to just be Fall Worship Among the Cold. Leaves were all still green. Um, but this year we've had 65 people help set up for service and su Sunday worship. Uh, pretty good number. If you're not one of those 65, I know a few people that would love to talk to you. Um, and since hiring Alyssa, we've increased our presence and engagement with Fort Belvoir. Uh, it's not in here. If you don't know Alyssa, you should. She's wonderful. Uh, further celebrations in 2018, we launched a new bi-weekly Wednesday common table. Uh, which we'd been trying to do for a long time, and it's finally happened. It's it's going well. Uh, we launched our Kingstown podcast, which has 35 to 50 people listening to the weekly sermon and 25 to 30 uh, tuning in for daily worship and praying daily. Uh, we've celebrated six new baptisms. We've welcomed 17 new members, and I keep hearing more are on the way. Um, we're on track to raise almost $90,000 in congregational giving, which is 60% more than in 2017, and that marks the halfway mark for self-sufficiency, uh, which is pretty cool. We got a long way to go. It's only halfway, but guys, we made it to halfway. Um, we have a cohesive and rock star staff, uh, so we've got Brett, Alyssa, Michelle. They are all rock stars. I don't know what two of them play, but one of them plays enough to compensate on instruments. Uh, let's see, more in 2018. We have continued to strengthen our community partnerships, uh, specifically with Knoll's Produce and Fiona's Irish Pub. Uh, we do the pub theology and holiday worship events there, and they're pretty fantastic. Uh, we hosted a Families Belong Together vigil for 350 plus people in our community. I don't know how many of you were out in the Kingstown proper to be there for that or witnessed it through a live stream or whatever, but it was pretty incredible in terms of how many people we had gathered and sh just how much everyone wanted to show they cared in the various ways they did so. Um, we got some press where we featured in two local news publications for that day. Um, and just yesterday, we hosted our first annual F-Words Women's Conference, which gathered 60 women. I don't know if you can tell, but I don't really know much about what happened there. Um, I heard all good things. Then just a few last things. We've got, uh, we've offered meals and company to 50 plus homeless people every month through Sunday suppers. We have a group that prepares a meal and then goes into the city and serves a homeless population. That's at Franklin Square. I think it's at Franklin Square. 
um, we packed we packed twenty thousand nutrient rich meals with Rise Against Hunger. Uh, so we had a short worship service. We got all the tables out in the room, and we had stations to package meals. And it, you'd be amazed how quickly twenty thousand meals came together. Um, and then we have contributed to many other mission organizations assembling all of those things that you say, see there. I think it does a pretty good job, so I'm not going to read it to you. Uh, but basically, where we are now, we know who we are and why we exist. And that's all I have to talk to you guys about. I'm going to pass off to Michelle. And he'll turn me on. Thank you. Um, so when, <laughs> when we talk about who we are and... Um, and why we exist, and how all those various things happened this year, all the things that we just shared, all the great growth that we have had. Uh, I know that there is the question of, um, of, of who makes these decisions. Where does this, where does this plan of, of what happens in the life of our church, how does it happen? Um, who makes these decisions? And so I wanted to kind of tell you, in a church like ours, where uh, we are... Uh, not we don't have a, tons of committees that um, that like a normal Methodist church has lots of committees doing all kinds of things. We don't have that. Um, we make decisions on all of these different levels. All of these different levels, people have a say in our church. And so, obviously, first, a lot of the things that happen in this church happen because I just say we're going to do this. <laughs> that happens. Um, so, an example of that is uh, a town hall, like. We're going to have a town hall. Hey, we're going to have one. <laughs> like, I don't, my staff doesn't weigh in on whether we should have one. Y'all don't weigh in on whether we should have one. I just say we're going to have one because I think it's important that we have one. Then we have staff. Staff is, they're the people who decide uh, the day-to-day calendaring life of the church. So if you want to know how we de- when we decide to do this Sunday or that Sunday, and some of the ideas that come up as far as worship among the leaves or something like that, that normally happens in a staff meeting with me and Brett and Alyssa. We are the ones who put the dates on the calendar. We decide um, what we need to make that event happen and run well. Uh, and then, um, then we reach out after that towards other groups and people to make it happen. Um, then after that is the leadership team. And the leadership team, when it was first formed, was all about making those day-to-day decisions of when do we calendar stuff and and when do we set up and all of that. Over time, we have moved away from that. Now that we have a cohesive and rock star staff, we allow the rock star staff that meets weekly or biweekly do that kind of stuff. And the leadership team exists for the bigger wrestling with larger questions and what is next, what are we discerning as a need, who, who do we need to meet, what is, how, how are generally common tables going, at what rate should we reproduce them? Bigger strategic conversations is the leadership team. Um, leadership team we normally have, and we did this not because we wanted to say, look at these beautiful people whose face um, and who, who we want to, and this is not some click you need to know. We did it because we wanted you to know who to talk to on Sunday mornings. If you see somebody, we put a, a pictures up there of the leadership team people. We actually debated on whether we should even do that because there was some, some, some talk of like, is does that make it seem like we're some like specially selected people? Does that make it seem like we are like the in crowd or something like that? It's a debate, but we also don't want to be like not telling you who these people are that are making that are making decisions for the church. So it's kind of, I don't know. You tell me. Maybe that didn't, you don't like that. We can take that away. Um, 
Then after that, then there's the Kingstown congregation level. We've never actually made congregational decisions for this church yet, but it would come up at some point. And an idea, a, a part of that would be like, if we needed to move a location, if the, if the, if the leadership team discerned we needed to move to a new location, um, we would have to take that to you all for a congregational vote first um, in order to do something like that. Uh, so if we... That's, that is pretty much the main one at this, at this stage because a lot of decisions rely on the next step, which is Aldersgate Church. We are not actually an independent congregation yet. We do not have our, our own voice in everything. So Aldersgate Church at some level, they're the ones who, who apply for, say, I'm, I'm not going to be your pastor anymore, which I'm not saying I, I'm going to be here as long as I can, can, can be. I'm still going to be here, I'd say five more years, but who knows, um, uh, five more years or more. But the, if... if if I wasn't going to be your pastor anymore, Aldersgate would play a huge part in who was going to come in to hear. You all would tell them what you need, um, but they would be the ones to, to kind of be talking to the conference because we don't really have congregational level autonomy yet. And then the next one is the United Methodist Church. United Methodist Church in general, the Virginia Conference, the United Methodist Church, makes decisions related to church plants and how we function. And they don't make a whole lot of decisions, but I will say I have stakeholders that are invested in our community that I'm on a regular call with. And those people include my district superintendent, the head of church planting for the conference, who all very much care about what happens here. It's actually pretty funny. District superintendents, like my bosses, the head of church planting, and my they don't show up to very many church churches as much as they show up to churches like this. So like you may see this random guy in a suit and tie and everybody thinks, oh, Michelle's in trouble or Michelle, like it's that they are invested in these places because these places make the most new disciples. It, it is true. Uh, so they will uh, occasionally, people always know when they come because they don't look like anybody else in our congregation. They're normally buttoned up in their suit and tie. Um, okay, so that. Um, and then how are these leaders chosen? I want to be transparent about that. Um, in a church, when you are going to put people on a committee at a, in a normal Methodist church, the pastor is called there, there's there's something called the um, the like committee appointment uh, committee the committee for committee appointments. That sounds so bizarre, but there's something called that, and the chair of that committee by United Methodist rules is the pastor. So the pastor has the first choice of who's on these committees. So I, just to say um, for our leadership team, I. I'm normally the one who chooses who's going to be on the leadership team, but I want to share with you how I make that decision, how, where this comes from. Um, so this comes from me looking into the congregation and seeing people who are, are passionate about the church, who are learning and growing and are showing up here. Um, I, I normally wouldn't pick somebody who isn't showing up here. <laughs> um, I'm not going to pick somebody who, who only, only listens to the podcast. I'm just not. Um, they have to be invested in the ministries of the church. I have to see them. Um, they're people who have this desire to serve and connect, connect with other people. They are people who are, um, who I think, and this is the one that's a little bit actually up for grabs, but, I, but when I make the formal ask, I know I ask them to do this. They're people, a lot of them are people I already know are financially giving to the church. So, you know, their, their treasure is where their heart is. And, and, um, but I have asked people who maybe aren't necessarily yet, but I think that by asking that really challenging question, they may actually say yes to it. So when I invite them on to leadership, I say, are you willing to give? Um, and they say yes, and then they're on, on leadership. Um, and then protecting the vision. They're the people who are excited about what we're doing, no matter what, and uh, 
when people challenge what we're doing, they, no matter what, stick up for the vision because that's what their job is. Uh, to give you, since a lot of you are brand new to, um, to Kingstown, I'm really glad that you're here or somewhat brand new. I want to give you a little history, um, and I'm going to do it quickly. We are connected to Aldersgate. And Aldersgate was the one who originally um, prepped the church to start. That was phase one in 2013, 2014. They then launched the church with Jason as their pastor in 2014, 2015. They then, um, they then juggled. They're the ones who juggled when Jason got sick and there was no pastor here. They juggled what to do. They're the ones that filled in. The pastors at Aldersgate filled in here when it was kind of that in-between time. Then we moved into stage four, that transition where we changed the name from what was Aldersgate Kingstown to Kingstown Communion and began to, to have a little bit more separation but still connected. We began to redefine who we were. We were no longer a satellite. We were a mother-daughter, which means eventually we will be self-sustaining and on our own, which is different. Satellite normally just reproduces what's happening at the other campus. It's just a mini-me of that. We, we're not that, obviously. We are nothing like... Experience here on Sunday mornings is nothing like an experience at Aldersgate. And then um, phase five, the reprep, um, kind of Aldersgate offered supervisory and staff, and they're the ones that are helping us administratively, and they're offering their printing, and they're offering statistical data reporting, and they're offering um, their postcard making, and they're all offering all kinds of things over there to us. Uh, and then st stage six is the last time we were with you at a town hall like that. That's where we were. Stage six is the relaunch. We're still in, we were still in kind of that relaunch phase if we chose our own leadership team. we made the decision we're going to go to weekly worship every week two years ago. And um, so a year ago, we were still in that newness phase. And now we're two years in. And I think we're in a new phase now. So I'm going to call it phase seven. I don't know what phase eight and phase nine are. No idea. But we're in a new, new phase. And so the Kingstown Community and Aldersgate Church formed a transition team over the summer to talk about connection and support and a timeline of sustainability for Kingstown. Um, Aldersgate agreed to support Kingstown financially, and I'll tell, talk more about that in a little bit, but they agreed at a higher level to support us financially as we go into this season of no money from the conference level, no more grant money um, from the United Methodist Church. And Kingstown takes on this year, 2019, Kingstown will take on all of our own administration all of our own communications expenses. Um, so we're starting to incrementally take things away from Aldersgate because it's not just that one day we have enough congregational money to fund this. There are so many little ways we are connected that are like, if we just did a, we wouldn't know what to do if we just cut us off one day. So we need to over time incrementally separate. Um, so Aldersgate still resources Kingstown with these three things. Finance and payroll staffing services, that's the main thing. The main thing that they offer that's not, that's not money is they do all of our, our checks to Brett and Alyssa, so they pay us. They also do the receiving in of your offering, and, um, and there's a separate account for Kingstown, but they process all of that stuff. I drop the envelope off to Aldersgate every week. Their staff process it. They also are the ones who... We have a credit card, but we send all of our receipts to them for them to process our receipts, and they pay our bills for us and all of that. Um, insurance coverage is the next thing. At a, on a larger scale, their insurance just covers us. We don't have to even really pay for it at this level. We are this year going to take on a little bit of that, like a little percentage of the insurance, um, just to show in good faith because they're giving us so much money. Um, and then 
financial support, which is what we'll talk about. Uh, those are the three ways. Phase seven, I don't know what phase eight and nine are, um, but hopefully next year when we have a town hall, we'll be in phase eight. We'll see, we'll see. So this is the five-year strategic plan thing that I wanted to share with you, and I didn't want to go to you until, because I knew you would look at it and not know what it meant. So let's, um, sorry about the way this was printed. Um, it was printed like a bulletin. I couldn't get the functions on the, um, on the, the printer to change, and I don't know why. And I was like, I'm not going to print it again because that's a waste of paper and resources. So you're getting like a bulletin-looking um, thing. <laughs> it's okay. It was supposed to just be on a normal 8x10 sheet. Oh, well. Everybody have one. Did I pass enough back? But the good news is you now have, oh, one more? One more. One more here for you? Oh, good. Okay. Um, so we, we, the plan is we've got to talk about how many, how many people do we have, how much money is coming in, how, what, what's, what rate of growth can we expect over the next few years, uh, and what is our way of life that sustains that way of growth, and what would need to change at what level. So this is not, this is not really a, like, what are all the cool new things Kingstown's going to do? That's not what this is. You know how we determine what the cool new things Kingstown's going to do are? is, uh, well, I told you on a staff level, but not only that, like the F words is a good example of cool new thing Kingstown does because I had people come to me saying, I want to do this thing. So like that's, that's how, so when I say strategic plan, it's not, and if anybody who works in Nova knows that, that a strategic plan is not that, I just wanted to clarify if you thought you were coming for something really exciting, new revelation, it's not really that. It's more, how are we going to get where we need to go? That's, that's the question. So um, you have that thing, and you can't see that, but let's look at this together. Let's look at this together. So 2018, average worship was 83. Um, we fluctuate incredibly, but every new church does. Every new church does. There is not a, there is, um, it, I mean, honestly, Aldersgate does from week to week. Aldersgate has 500 and then 135. 500 and then, I mean, that's just, it's, that's the way churches are. So, but our average. So I'm saying I'm not saying that we had 83 people here every week. I'm not saying that. I'm saying on average we have 83 people this year, um, and that does include that does include because we want to count them as valuable people to our congregation. The about 10 people every week. That's the middle. Like sometimes we have eight, sometimes we have 16 that are watching on our Facebook page live. Um, because the way I count them, though, which is important is if I don't know you, I don't count you. So you have to have come into our building, and that's the way we are right now, because I don't know how to count it after that. It's very, it's just a wonky, like it can just, I don't want the numbers to be frilly, I don't want us to paint a picture that we're not, but if you are, if you've come before, if I've connected with you, and you watch online, I count you in worship that day, um, because I know your face and I know your name. We are hopefully on track for 90,000. Actually, right now, I've only seen the end of the financials for 2018. Um, and right, um, or sorry, the end of financials for September 2018. So I don't know how we are in October, and that just is ending today. But we're on track for 84,550 or something for September. But I also know that our giving does increase in October, November, December. So we may. Um, and we may have people who have, have made a pledge and have not fulfilled that pledge, but will write a larger check at the end. Like there's things like that that, that, that come up. So we may make 90,000, but 84 is still fantastic, still fantastic. I would love to see us close that gap though. So if our budget this year was 176, that's what we're hoping about. And then so 2019, you, you see how we need to grow in order to meet the next budget. We're going to talk about budget numbers and all that. Sean's going to talk about that, so I'm not going to talk about that. The stability change thing, 
We think for the next two years we'll be stable. We think we can worship at Island Creek for the next two years with the same level of staff, with the same number of hours. We have enough room in here to grow. We have enough chairs to grow. We have Sundays when we're over 100, you know, that kind of thing. We have Sundays when we only need very few chairs. It just depends. At some point, though, we're going to need two services. So if you wonder what happens when we start feeling like we're getting too big for this space, the next move is not find a new space because this is the cheapest option we know of unless something else comes available. The next step is to move to two services. We pay for extra hours here at Island Creek, the use of the space. Um, and it may increase staff pay a little bit because of what was required to pay them and to do two services, but not too much beyond that. Then um, 2021, eventually we're going to have to take on our own bookkeeping, which is another staff person, somebody um, for a little bit of time each week. And, um, and then, so you see these things, this is what I want to talk about. The growth team and the launch team. I know you don't know what those mean. How, what happens if we completely outgrow this space? I mean, that's the goal. We want to keep growing. What happens if we outgrow this space? People think the next step for us is to build a building or to, to do so. We, we want to be lean. We want to be lean forever. Lean, lean, lean forever. This is a good space for us. Plus, there's something about the intimacy of, of a smaller congregation. When we get to about 150 people, we believe we'll be able to sustain this with giving when we get to about 150 people. And then we've got to pivot to what does that, what's, what's next for us then? What if we were to multiply this lovely experience we have here at another elementary school in West Springfield? So what if we look at who's here at Kingstown and we go, we have a good amount of people attending this church that live in West Springfield. What if we took those 25 people and we, um, and we would get some extra grant money from the conference that would help start another congregation again with, pay, with, with an extra money to pay another clergy person to come on and all that. What if we were to try to multiply this? And what if we had a West Springfield communion or something like that? This is by 2021, 22. I, wanna, I want to dream big. My dream would be we're already starting to gather and talk about what that might look like in a growth team where we have a group that's talking about it by 2022 we're already talking about who might that launch team be. So, and I'll, I'll open it up for questions in a little bit. Youth, we're gonna have confirmation. Confirmation would turn into a youth common table. We're gonna start one new common table every year. If not more, I would love to, but we, we definitely intend to do one new every single year. We did that well in 2018. And we, I think we're finally starting to realize how to do that well. We weren't really sure how to for a little while. I think we did that well in 2018. Um, Membership brunches are working for connecting people and having them understand who we are as a church. So I'm going to continue those and keep doing them. And then um, other ways in 2018, you see the ways that we have um, built our, our leader making and disciple making. Um, we, we want to make volunteering easier. We want to thank our volunteers more. We want more people volunteering. Um, and so what will happen in 2019? Who knows? I hear a couple people already saying, there was a women's event. I want a men's event. <laughs> I love that. But you know what my answer is going to be? I'm not a man. So y'all are going to have to do that. If y'all want to do it, let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Um, and then, so then it starts to get into the transition with Aldersgate. What do we need to do every year to be ready by that, the end of 2022 to be on our own? Um, and then, uh, mission, we've um, appointed a mission chair and, um, in 2018. Mission's great. I mean, we're doing things that serve the community and all that, but I want us to at some point think, what is it that we uniquely have to offer the community? Not are we joining into something else, but what, what, what would it look like for us to take all that we've learned in Sunday suppers in D.C. and um, 
and reproduce a Sunday suppers in, in those woods back behind Fort Belvoir in Alexandria where people live? Like, what would it look like for us to, but we need people who dream about that and want to be a part of that. What if we were to take what we've learned and done that? I've, I've been talking to Alyssa. One of the main needs that I know of in the community, one of the main needs I know is Fort Belvoir enlisted community and, um, and the uh, uh, domestic violence and, and, um, and substance abuse that exists in that community, there's something called Celebrate Recovery, which is a beautiful service you can provide to people who are wrecked by that kind of way of life. What if we were to start providing something that, like that as a mission on Fort Belvoir? I mean, there's all countless ways. We've just got to discern what the needs are. So mission's good, but we want to eventually have our own thing, eventually have our own thing. Did you raise your hand? Oh, no, you were just, okay, all right. And, uh, and then what will we, how will we sustain it? Um, we're, and, and I'm about to turn this over to, um, to Sean. 2018, Aldersgate gave us 31. They're going to give us 55 in 2019. What will they give us after that? What will we need? Well, that will depend on how fast we, we increase our congregational giving. Um, and so now I'd like to invite up um, Sean, who's going to give you the, the, the picture for the next few years and where we are financially from a financial situation. Um, thank you. I'm going to all sit down. Is this, can, oh, wow. All right. Thank you. <clears throat> Not used to being up front. Uh, so as I was saying, I'm going to keep this uh, very brief, um, but I absolutely want anyone to feel free and come catch me after this right now or any Sunday that I'm here. Um, I'm just trying to be respectful of people's time. I'm trying to go through quickly. Um, next slide. Oh, that's that's you. Chair, he today is making is doing um, presentations at Aldersgate, giving testimony about Kingstown at all three services. So that was my, where's Waldo? Where's Nate? Here's Sean. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm the, the backup finance person. Um, so uh, we've already talked about um, sort of where we're at, where we're going. Um, in big, um, the next slide. So this is where we talk about actual numbers, right? Um, I was surprised at how expensive it is to run this place when I joined the leadership team. And that's like the main thing I want to communicate to people. I'm just sort of like bringing you up to speed and I'm trying to be transparent here. Because when I first came here, I was like, oh, this is fun. You look around and, you know, it's at a school. It's like, well, you know, how expensive can it be? Well, it turns out that it's actually fairly expensive. And so um, the 2018 budget was $176,000. So um, I would like everyone that has a smartphone to get one out. And if you're tired of all this talk about money, you have my permission to go to Facebook or wherever. If you want to participate, you can. And here's what I'm going to ask everyone to do. Uh, open up your calculator and enter 176,135 and then divide that by 52. If you only take one thing from my talk, I would like you to remember that number. That is what it costs us to hold these services every week. That's it. That's the main takeaway. So we can get into a whole lot more stuff from there, but um, it is, uh, actually, can someone tell me what that number is? Thank you. Um, so that's the exact number. Um, in real life, I'm a computer programmer, and I often have to make estimates of things. And so there's a trick you can use. You can do math using only the numbers 2, 5, and 10. And that's how you get you know, sort of to approximations. So there are 52 weeks in a year. So you say, you know what, that's 50. You say, you know what, our budget's 176. Call it 200. So what's 200 divided by 50? Four. So, uh, and you know that there's some error in your estimates. And so um, let, we can take the budget, round it down to 150, which is close to what it's actually going to be next year, 166. So 150 divided by 50 is three. So a big picture, we're, it costs between three and $4,000 per week to run this church, right? Um, you go to the next slide, please. Um, so you can see that our, our budget 
uh, our 2018 actuals is pretty close to that $200,000 number. So we're looking at pretty close to 4000 per week. And Aldersgate has generously agreed to donate $55,535, something like that, um, next year in 2018. So it's 55000 divided by 50, or really it's 50 divided by 50, so that's one. So essentially, Aldersgate is contributing $1,000 per week to running Kingstown Community, which is a lot. That's, that's a great gift from them to us, but it's a great gift from them to us, and we can't expect them to keep doing that forever. Um, so the final thing I want to talk about is uh, the goal that Michelle talked about in terms of our congregational giving. Um, we, if you look at your financial plan, you'll see like $90,000 and then $120,000. And so, again, big picture, you're looking at $100,000 that we need to contribute organically as a community to the running of this church, which is to say roughly $2,000 per week. So when, so like the whole tithing thing you already addressed, it sort of doesn't resonate greatly with me. Maybe you're like, maybe you're more like me, maybe you're more like Michelle, I don't know. It's up to you. Uh, but what does resonate with me is I sort of feel guilty about consuming something that I didn't pay for, especially week after week after week. And so I'm not asking for money. That's Michelle's job. Maybe I'll do that at some point in the future. Right now, I just want everyone to know that this is, in fact, more expensive than I thought it was. I don't know what you think, um, but I was surprised at these numbers. And so big picture, we're looking at needing $3,000 per week or a little bit more than that on an ongoing basis. And our goal is to eventually provide all of that organically. And in the short term, we're looking at providing 2000 per week just from us. And Aldersgate is giving us a, a thousand. And I'm, I thought about this during your sermon, <laughs> or I would have slides. I would have nice slides, but this is like breaking news. Um, <laughs> um, so that's my big picture view of the finances of the church in terms of weekly numbers, because that's a little bit more concrete. Like when you see six-figure numbers, it's sort of like, you know, that's, that's, that's a house or, you know, it, it becomes overwhelming. Like how do you even think about a number like that? So um, I would say the key takeaway is what we're aiming to, to do is as a congregation bring our giving up to $2,000 per week and then over the next four years bring that up to um, 3000 So does anyone have any questions? These pie charts, uh, the, this one just tells you, the, I mean, that's just obviously who's giving what at, what po at, at this state. That one that's hard to see, it's hard with the light, is, um, all, is the conference in 2018 was giving $77,000 to us, and in 2019, nothing. That's the difference between those two, 77 to nothing in 2019. But, but in 2018, Kingstown, um, 2018, Aldersgate's only given 31. We're giving, by 2019, they're giving 55, and we're looking at, that would be an increase in, in uh, $25,000, which is what we did this year. We did way more than 25,000 increase in 2018. So it's not impossible. It's not an impossible jump. Um, but this is, this is where we would need to be for 2019. And you'll notice that the budget went down from, it went down by $10,000. That's just because, um, well, we won't have conference funding. And, um, and not having conference funding means that we have to start looking at what places in our budget we need to cut. And I, I think that's good practice, right? When you're going before a, a funding source, you have to say, we're, we're also going to experience a little bit of, of pain here, right? We're going to have to 
rain in our, our rain in just a little bit. But we promise you that what we're spending money on now is worthwhile. Um, the other thing about this that just want to look at what 72% of our budget is. What you're paying for is pastor and staff. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much, and then the rest of it is, is the ministry of the church. Facility fees being the second one. And the thing that we're cutting the most in 2019 is the, the third biggest um, thing, which is marketing and communications. That's the place where you have to cut a little bit because we, we've been spending so much money on postcards. So we're going to, you know, rein that in just a little bit. Not, not send none, but also not send as many as we, we were before. Um, and Michelle can't say this, but I can. I feel like we're getting a really good deal with our staff <laughs> for the money that we're spending. Um, once Michelle becomes ordained, sh she's currently being paid below the legal minimum for a, a, an ordained pastor. So, like, there's there's not a lot of extra money going into the staff, and I feel like um, that that all of our staff is also contributing. Like, they're being paid, but like, not. You're never going to get rich oh, working gosh, no. here. <laughs> <laughs> no, they all have to have other jobs. Yes. They have to have other jobs. Yeah. Yes. Um, so thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, and and really, how you get to uh, that ends up coming out to like a hundred and hundred and twenty thousand of our budget of staff. But uh, yeah, you get there is like your my healthcare and 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 pension and all of those various pieces that go into my package, which I'm not allowed to make any less than what I'm making now. So um, yeah, that's where it is. Uh, and then how did we get to this? I just wanted to share that that transition team meeting that Nate had, we had these whole conversations with Aldersgate about here's, here's if you give us zero, it's closing time for our church. Here's if you give us 40,000, we would be on a pretty life support budget. We'd have to cut a lot of our mission and stuff. Here's what would happen. Maintenance budget means we'd maintain the same level of growth, we believe. We'd maintain that 14%, we think. Um, and then growth budget is let's do all the uh, a couple of other things we've been dreaming about kind of thing. And they, they said yes to the maintenance, which I think is the smart, like, you know, that's good. That was a smart decision. They saw the other two and said, no, we don't want to be a part of killing a church. Good. Awesome. That's awesome. We would love that you're part of this. Um, and then, uh, so, oh, um, so Nate talked about this last year. It's going to be a climb up Mount Everest. I mean, it is. It really is going to be a climb up. We're going to feel the pain. We're going to feel the pain. But... Um, you know, we were at base camp, <laughs> we were journeying up, and 2016, 2017, we kept journeying until we get to 2022, um, hopefully, 22, 23, we believe we'll reach the summit. Um, we'll achieve financial sustainability if we keep growing at the rate we have. We will reach the summit. We will be on the top. Yay! This is going to happen. We, uh, I mean, it's good news. We're, it's going to happen. Um, so what did you say? I don't know. Nate put that in there last year. He may know him. It's Nate. <laughs> Where's Nate? He's on Mount Everest. <laughs> um, so what does this mean? Uh, what does all this mean? That's, that's, that's the end. What does all this mean that we showed you? And we're going to sit, please, I know we saw you, when we send you this week the actual ask, which is what we do every year, we send um, a nice letter and the statistics and all that. A lot of these charts will be in it, and you'll be able to get a bigger, a better view personally and, and, and engage with it. But what does this mean? Um, I promise you, I, can, I, can, I, I promise you, Nate promises you, we will reach independence and sustainability. The question is not, will we? Uh, 
Kingstown will always be lean. We don't intend to, to have a huge budget. Like we said, I mean, top 200,000, which is what we've, I've heard is less than a government employee is worth. I mean, like that's how much it pay, pay costs to keep up one government employee. The church costs less than that. So in, um, I think because I have an internal view uh, of the church, in, um, in my, I think, I think our, our budget is, is really lean. But yes, I totally also agree with Sean that when you show up to a place like this, the amount of people we have asked, we meet in a school. Do you have to pay for this? Yes. <laughs> we have to pay for this. It costs $350 every single week to rent this space um, on Sunday morning. So yes, this, but that's the cheapest thing you have. I mean, like, so it's like the, yes, this is way more expensive than what you think. No, we are not paying as much as we could, right? Like, uh, we are not having to maintain a budget Monday, uh, maintain a building Monday through Friday. Uh, I mean, we're not paying for empty, empty classrooms like uh, most churches are, right? Most churches are paying for empty classrooms Monday through Friday, and then everybody's in their, in their church on Sunday. We're not paying for that. Kingstown will always be lean. Kingstown will always be mission-centric, community-centered. We don't want to, as soon as we move into a building, we begin to get so used to the building, and we love that it forces us to get out and be in other places and other homes and other places. We will never change that about our mission. Um, and then, of course, there we go. Uh, and then here's also what we know. Your giving matters. At every, I mean, at whatever you can give, it matters because... When he breaks it down to we need 3,000 a week, you can see yourself in that picture really easily, right? You can see yourself in that picture. Um, we need, um, right now, we, just so you know, we're, we're, it's about 7,000 a month that we're bringing in. So if you think we need 3,000 a week at, eventually in the future, that looks like we need to move from 7,000 7, to 12,000, right? 7,000 to 12,000. But in this next year, we need about 8,000, right? You said in this year? Uh, 8,000 a month, right? Am I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I said. Is that what I said? Okay, all right. So 3000 per week is 12000 a month. But in, 2000, in 2019, if it's 2000 a week we need to bring in, right? Then 2019, we need to raise that from 7000 a, $7, a month to 8000 a month, right? That's how, which is not, I mean, it sounds like, a, but then it goes like, oh, maybe this is possible. So sustainability for Kingstown means three things. And this is what you're going to see in your letter this week. And this is what I want. I want this to be the message of Kingstown, because I think this is the most compelling message I have to give you. Sustainability means reaching stability, then multiplying what we do in order to make the best missional impact, the largest missional impact in our community. So what that means is our budget's not going to keep going up that much. Yes, we're, if we have to hire new staff a little bit, but really it's, we're not going to, we're not planning on buying a building and those kind of things. So because of that, when we get to where we're going, every dollar past that is just, we get to give it away. That's what's, that's what's wonderful about this. We get to where we're going, we get to the $200,000 mark in 2023, and then every, when we increase giving the following year by $20,000, we get to find some way to donate iPads, $20,000 worth to, to classrooms. I mean, like, that's what we're trying to say here, is every dollar past that is bigger missional impact. Here's what we don't know, how quickly we're going to get there. And so, uh, like, that's, that's the thing that's up to the congregation. We have an idea, have an idea. We, that was that we believe we need to project out to see where we're going. Um, but if, it's le if we bring in less than that, does it mean we're not going to exist? We bring in way less than that. Aldersgate may, may not hold up their end of the deal, but, but I, don't, I don't anticipate that happening with the growth we have. But it's really up to you how fast we get there. Um, 
and when I say you, I mean corporate you, not you personally. Um, why, why should Kingstown be sustainable? Why, why should you care and contribute to this? I just said that. This is my message. Get, become stable. Continue to multiply what we do. And when we multiply what you do, the, the conference comes back in and gives you grant money to do that multiplying work, to start another church again. They give you that. So, um, and, and then we imp increase our mission in the community. Um, the faster we reach sustainability, the faster we get to abundantly blessing our community. That's, that, that's my message. Um, and that's my message that will be in the letter this week. Um, 